Hello, hello. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lombardo, and I am excited to be with you here today. Uh, the founder of Life Poured Out International. If you want to go to our website, www.lifepouredoutintl.org. Um, itineraries up there, um, some videos, some Facebook live videos that I was doing over the past few years have been up there. Lots of content for you to tap into, to be blessed by. Um, you can look us up on social media, on Facebook, on YouTube. Just look at, look at Michael Lombardo and my channel will pop up. And um, you could just be, there's a lot of resources, free resources that I've made available for you guys. So you could listen while you're in the car um, or, you know, if you're at home and you just want to listen to different podcasts and things like that. I'm grateful to be on the Charisma Podcast and Network and to be with you here today. I'm excited to have my guest um, as well. Before we get into the interview, I had a scripture that was on my heart. Um, when I think about my guest, I think about this kind of lifestyle and the scripture really spoke to me before um, we uh, jumped on here today. But 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. And um, this is the life of a believer. We walk by faith, not by sight. We trust and cling and rely upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we, we press in and we attune our spiritual ears to his voice. And when he speaks, when he leads us, we move forward with him. And when we move forward in obedience to his word, we see supernatural fruit. We see the kingdom of heaven established. We see joy, peace, righteousness being released. And so, and it's not always easy. And there's times where our faith is tested and there's times where it's rocky and we need to stand firm on Christ. And um, I just love the story of my guest here today. And we're going to get into a subject that I really feel is going to bless you. It's about living a life of faith, um, the role of impartation in our journey um, and you know, with our walk with the Lord. But no, no further ado, let me just share with you a little bit about Will Hart. In 1999, Will walked into the basement of a church not knowing why he was there. That night, the Holy Spirit reached out and grabbed him by the heart, and he was never the same. Since, Will and his wife, Musie, have traveled and ministered with Bob Bradbury, Randy Clark, Roland, and Heidi Baker. Um, his call is to take the simplicity of the gospel and the power of the Spirit wherever he goes. Um, whether it is in the jungles of Congo or the streets of Thailand, he's expecting and confident the Holy Spirit is going to show up. And you may know he's been in several of Darren Wilson's movies, um, Furious Love, Finger of Lights, and seeing his ministry out there on the streets. And so in 2016, Heidi and Roland asked Will to take over Iris Global's chief operating officer position. So he's doing a lot with Iris right now. I believe he's got a podcast as well. And so welcome to the show, Will. Thanks for coming on with me. Hey, thank you so much. It's good to, uh, it's good to be here. Cool, cool. So tell us, I just shared a, l a little bit about you, but you're, you're heavily involved with Iris now, which I love. You know, I actually met you over there in the, in the dirt of Mozambique, you know, over there at Iris Global. And, um, I know you've, you're really, you've taken over a lot of the operations of Iris. So what's, what's going on with the ministry right now? Yeah. Wow. Well, there's been a shift since we, since we, uh, chatted. I didn't, I didn't share this with you, but I'm actually, uh, I've stepped into the role of CEO now, which basically at Iris, we don't really care about terms, um, sure. but a really beautiful thing happened. I think it's some really important that's going on in Iris is Heidi, Heidi uh, has stepped into the being the president and, and that shift, she's passing off a lot of this to a younger, to a, a younger generation. Uh, a lot of the roles and responsibilities she's, she's beginning to let go and let, let begin to grow uh, with it with another generation picking Amazing. it up. So that's one of the things going on. It's really important, you know. And I'm sure you see this. There's a lot of generals that are 
that are, you know, getting older and they're, they've built something. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's one of the things that's, that's taken place. And not that anybody can fill Heidi and Rollins shoes at all. Nobody will ever be able to do that, but a lot of sons and daughters have, have come back around. And so one of the beautiful shifts that's taking place in Iris right now is that that generation being lifted up and empowered to run. That's, that's awesome. That's absolutely kingdom too. You know, like I just, I love when the older generation could link arms with the younger generation and you could run together just to make more of an impact, you know, in the kingdom. We, we need each other and God blesses, you know, when there's unity, especially among generations. I think that's really a huge thing that God's doing here in this, in this time and in this hour. And I know you've got a lot of ministry experience. I know that you've served Heidi and Roland for, for many years. You've been a spiritual son to them. So they trust you and they've seen your, your life and they've seen what you've been through and how, you know, have you, how you, how you've handled yourself. And I've always been there to honor them and, and love them. But I read your, um, your book, God runner. And yeah. it was, it was huge for me. And I actually saw you at a conference. You spoke at voice of the apostles a few years ago and I was there and what you shared on really shook me. And so I grabbed a copy of your book, God runner. And it's, there's definitely teaching in the book. There's lots of teaching, but at the same time, you're also just being candid about your story. And yeah. that was me. I'm starting out, you know, I was, I was traveling, doing itinerant, you know, heartily paying the bills, trusting God from moment to moment, like no plan B, like, Lord, you're gonna have to show up or else my family's not gonna, you know, eat this next month or whatever. You know, my wife and I had a baby girl and my wife was pregnant with our second and your story of just going through ministry, the early days, you know, it wasn't always glamorous, you know, um, the finances, you know, so, sometimes a struggle when you're starting out, you got, you had a family, you know, two or three kids at the time, just share with us. I feel like there's people that are listening to this podcast and maybe they're like, man, I'm in ministry, you know, or I'm pastoring a church or, Hey, I have a desire and a heart to be in ministry and to lay down my life for the Lord. But I feel like they'll, they'd really benefit from hearing your story a bit. Yeah. Um, gosh. So uh, you mentioned a little bit in, as you were, um, as you were introducing me and I don't want to go too far back, but I think it's important. So 17, uh, I was running away from Lord. I was, you know, addicted to drugs, kicked out of a school. I was not in a good spot. Um, and I went into this church, went in the basement of this church. They, uh, it was actually a town hall and, uh, the church was gotten so small that they were now, instead of like meeting in the upstairs meeting space, they were meeting in the basement. Sure. And the Holy spirit fell on me. I, I, I don't even really remember why I went in. Um, but the Holy spirit fell on me, captured me and there on the floor, um, as I went from being an unbeliever to, to, you know, washed and set free by the blood of Jesus. I, I, I told the Lord that whatever this thing is, like whatever's touching me right now, I'm going to, I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to give whatever I'm receiving away. And, uh, as I was on the ground, um, and you've read in the book, you know, the guy that was praying for me, his name was Bob. He, he, he kicked me with his foot lightly. And, uh, and I, I opened up my eyes and I said, you know, like what's going on, you know? And he goes, Hey boy, get up, get up off the ground. It's time to go to work. And I got something there in that moment that I've literally run now in 20 years of ministry, but off this moment. And, and all it was, was, Hey, you receive something. It's time to give it away. Pick me up off the ground, brought me over to somebody. I laid hands on them and I watched God use me. And, and so it was fully receiving but then immediately giving it away. And that yeah. combination really destroyed me for normalcy. So I've lived my life going freely receive right now, freely give. And I don't care what that looks like. There's been seasons of ministry seasons of, of 
you know, extreme poverty, seasons of mission, seasons of delivering pizzas, like whatever it takes, but whatever that season is, that heartbeat's the same. I, I have to give away what I've received. And so, and that, and that doesn't change even now, even now in the, with the position that I'm at right now, um, uh, we freely receive now freely give. And in that, uh, it takes us, it takes me to some really crazy places. I mean, a lot of the stories that you've read in God runner, a lot of the things that people have witnessed is all come out of that heart of just abandonment. You know, I, I, I didn't deserve any of this, but, but Jesus by his grace poured, poured, poured this thing out, poured his Holy spirit out over me. And, uh, how can I sit still? So, yeah, I've gone, <laughs> I've just been going for it, Michael, man, like, uh, anywhere that the Lord leads me and each season, it looks different. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's the same, right? Freely received, now freely give. There's something about grace where your heart just bubbles over with gratitude, where you don't have to serve him, you want to. And I, I right. really, you know, I just, from, from, from what you just said there just a minute ago, I was just like, wow, God touched you. You, you, you're on the ground, you're receiving from the Lord. You know, this guy, he kicks you and says, get up and, and get to work. But at the same time, like when you encounter Jesus, and you really receive the grace of God. You know you don't deserve it. You know you didn't earn it. You know you were a mess. You were trapped in darkness. You didn't know him. You know you were blind to him. And then he speaks to you and lavishes mercy on you where your heart is just so overwhelmed that you're like, Lord, what can I do for you? It's amazing the supernatural heart change that takes place. Holy Spirit heart yeah. surgery. He takes out your heart of stone. He gives you a brand new heart that loves righteousness, that hates wickedness. And you're a new creation. Literally, the old is gone. The new has come. And you're like, what can I do for you, my Lord, my King? Like grace produces that heart, that surrender, that abandonment. And so I, I absolutely love that about your story. And I just feel like a lot of people need to be encouraged because I think people think that, Hey, you know, yeah, God, you know, they have this, this rotten view of God. Like he just wants to force them into a lifestyle that they're going to hate. But if they would just get to know him and they would just hear his heart and just open themselves up to him personally, they would, they would find yeah. that he's got a calling for them that they absolutely love. And it doesn't matter what you go through in life. It doesn't matter what the hardships are. You go through them because you're going through them with him. Yeah. M Michael, I know this, I've, I've always tried to explain this and I feel like I, I never get it right. But like for me, when, when the Holy Spirit touched me, it was like a math equation. And, and, and I know that sounds strange, but it was like one plus one equals two, right? God wasn't real. You know, when I, when I walked in, now he's real, yeah. you know, and it's undeniable, right? The power of the Holy Spirit's on me. Like in a moment on the floor, as I'm being set free, filled with the spirit, I'm also realizing that there is this all knowing creator that, that, that constructed everything I see, the air, the, the earth, the sky, like everything was made by his hand and by his word. And that same God is touching me. He's, he's stopping what he's doing, you know, and, and singling me out. And if, and if he's doing that, how could I continue to live a normal life? How could I continue to live, you know, in the systems of this world? And, and I know it seems so simple, but it, like, for me, it was a math equation. It was like, it was like, oh, he's real. So, oh, if he's real, then that equals a life of running around this planet for him, doing whatever I can to bring this gospel to as many people as humanly possible. And I don't understand how people encounter Jesus and walk away with anything different than that, right? Like for me, it just made so much sense. God's real. Oh, then everything I have is his and, and, and everything he says is true.
you know, so it, it removed a lot of doubt, a lot of constraint in that moment when I encountered him, it was just like, Oh, I'm cooked. Yeah. He talks to me. Great. Oh, he's filling me. Awesome. Oh, he wants me to give it away. Great. And then as I got deeper into the word, the scriptures just confirmed that. And so, yeah, uh, it, it was so simple to, to give my life away in ministry after I encountered him. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, it's one thing because, oh, it's not religion, it's relationship. And it's something that we say it's true. It's absolutely true, but it's something that we say that people are like, oh yeah, I get that 100%. But like religion says you have to do this, do that, you know, and God will be happy with you. But when you truly encounter him, I feel like this is, this is just, it just goes back to this. You experienced him. It was tangible. It was, it was real. Yeah. He spoke to you. He reached out his hand. And when you meet him and he's so beautiful and captivating and glorious and there's so much grace and there's so much mercy and there's so much life and there's freedom. He touches your heart in that way. It's just like, I, I, I can't do anything else but want to be with you 24 seven and tell people yeah. about you <laughs> everywhere that I go. Yeah. You know, and to the world that's like, this is, this is radical. How'd you go from zero to 100 overnight? Well, you didn't experience what I experienced. Let me tell you about him so, so that you can encounter right. him too. And so, man, I, I love that. And just even the, the scripture that you've been using about, you know, um, freely receive, freely give away. Um, I feel like that's like a core scripture in terms of just impartation in general. And this is something that you carry and that you speak about a lot. And I really believe yeah. in its power. I've experienced it in my own life. And I feel like it's a subject that a lot of people get confused about. Um, everyone's got a different yeah. view of what impartation is. Some have a really positive gospel center view of it. Some have a really lack based perspective about it. But share, share mm-hmm. with me a little bit of your heart about impartation and kind of how it's impacted your life. That's yeah. Wow. So uh, you just got to sh- cut me off. I just drone on about this for a little while. <laughs> no I'll problem. try to Go for leave it. some room to, to breathe. But yeah. Uh, I, I do want to say this impartation is not listed a lot in the scripture. Okay. So it is a word that's brought up a few times. Um, but it, it isn't like a core of the gospel. Right. And I wouldn't, I don't preach like this is the only way, or this is the best way. What I, when I share about impartation, this is what happened to me. And this is what I witnessed God doing a lot. So Paul says, over Timothy. I, I believe I didn't bring my Bible with me. I'm sorry. I'm sitting here uh, in my truck. I, I left my Bible in my office, but you know, Paul said over Timothy, Timothy, um, I long to come to you so that I might impart a gift that will strengthen you. He says uh, this in, to Timothy as well, fan into flame the gifts of God that are within you that came to the laying on of my hand. There was a, there was a transference through the laying on of hands. When, when Paul says, I, I can't do this from afar. I can't, intercede from afar. I can't, this isn't something I'm just praying for. He goes, no, I long to come to you so that I might impart a gift to you. There was something uh, that came through the laying on of hands and, and something that is transferable. You saw this uh, even with Simon, the sorcerer. Um, and I'll, I'll, like I said, I wish I, I wish I had my Bible in front of me, but Simon, the sorcerer gets saved as he witnesses the miracles of, of, I forget who was there. I was Philip or I totally forget. I'm sorry. But some of the sorcerers witnesses, the miracles, gives his life to Jesus and begins following him. And then the Bible says the apostles came in and they started laying hands on people and they received the baptism of the spirit. And Simon, the sorcerer witnessed this. And that's what he offered them money for. Simon did not offer them money uh, for the ability to lay hands on people and see them healed and see the miracles. Sure. He didn't offer the first disciple that, 
but he did offer the apostles money for the ability to release the the baptism of the Holy Spirit that comes to the laying on of hands. So you see this wow. principle, right? You see this principle of hands being laid on and people receiving, whether it's a baptism or the gifts. Um, and and that word impartation means to to give away. It's to impart. It's um, yeah, it's to pass on. And you see it in the Old Testament as well. But long story short, uh, I when I was on the floor, um, I walked into that church a drug addict uh, with nothing. Uh, and by the time 15, 20 minutes later, I was moving in gifts and I was moving in power that I did not pay a price for. And and I from that point on, everything changed. There was a level of transformation that changed in my life. Right. And I've seen this time and time and time again. Uh, people encounter Jesus, they, they get touched by the Holy Spirit, and something is released over them. For me, uh, I began to walk in the calling and the anointing of the people that laid hands on me. Um, I, I began to move in miracle signs and wonders. Uh, but even more specifically, uh, I began to pray for children, uh, and they started to radically encounter the Holy Spirit. Awesome. And this is something that uh, I did not learn. This is something that I wasn't taught. This was something that my spiritual father, the man who I got saved that night on the floor uh, in Hamilton, Massachusetts, that he moved in. Uh, and I immediately began to move in the gifts that he moved in. And so over the years, it's happened differently through different people. But, uh, you know, when Randy Clark laid his hands on me, uh, I began to move in in. Uh, the word of knowledge. I did not move in the word of knowledge gift before. And now it's been 20 years later, a day doesn't go by where I don't move in that gift, but, but it happened when Randy laid his hands on me. And, and as you know, Randy is well known for moving in the gift of, of word of knowledge. Yeah, uh, another example is Randy praying for Heidi Baker in Toronto. Uh, I think that's one of the most famous ones that I've, that I've seen uh, is, is, Randy calls her out, prophesies over her. God wants to know, do you want the nation of Mozambique? They, she didn't, she did not move in any miracle signs and wonders. She didn't move in any of that stuff. She, but the Holy spirit hit her and for seven days fell on her powerfully. And at, from that point on, she began to move in miracle signs and wonders. The deaf heard the lame walk and the blind saw and the dead have been raised. Um, there's one more. And, and I know, uh, probably your listeners here, Michael, is, uh, can I just share one more quick story? Oh, absolutely. Go for it. I'm sorry. I no, told I love you it, I was going to no, no, I love it. on no, here. No, it's all good stuff. But, but I shared this story a couple of days ago. Uh, I'm sure your listeners know that uh, one of the greatest uh, men uh, to walk planet Earth passed away recently. Yeah. And uh, Reinhard Bonnke. And I, I read his book um, years ago when I first got saved. And in that, and in that book... There's a, there's a telling of one of my favorite impartation stories. And that was when Reinhard was studying in university. He was, he went to go fly home to Germany where he was from. And he, he had like, I think a layover in London. So he hopped on a bus. Have you heard this story, Michael? No, I don't think I have. Oh, come on. You're in love. With it. So yeah. Reinhard hops on a bus. He's got like, I don't know, five hours to kill in London. Um, he hops on a bus. And he has a chance to buy a ticket, like a one-way or a two-way ticket. And then, but because he had five hours, he's like, I'm going to buy the all-day pass. I can get on and off any bus I want to. So Reinhardt begins to hop on and off buses. 
and move around the city and track, you know, like without rhyme or reason, just seeing the sights. And he gets off at one stop and he's walking around uh, the, this random town that he's in. Or, yeah. And he, he comes across a house. And in the UK, you know, they have a, they have a, you know, the number plate on the door, but they also have the name, like the last name of, of the, of the owner. And he, he walks up to this house and he's, and he sees the name of a famous English evangelist, just the last name, not the first. And he has this moment. He's like, man, I wonder if that's that famous evangelist. I forget his name. Um, but he knocks on the door and a woman answers. And this is young Reinhardt. Uh, he goes, Hey, um, and if people don't know who Reinhardt is, he's led over I think 75 million people to Jesus. Uh, Just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he knocks on the door. This woman answers. She goes, he goes, is this the house of the, you know, the famous uh, evangelist? She goes, yes. And, and Reinhardt goes, can I, can I meet him? And she goes, no, uh, you can't. He's, he's old. He's, you know, he's not doing well. He's sleeping or whatever. And from over her shoulder, uh, this evangelist goes, let, let him in. And Reinhardt goes in, spends an hour with him. Uh, you know, has tea or whatever. And then as he's getting ready to get back on the bus to go back to the airport, he goes, will you pray for me? And this evangelist prays for Reinhardt. Reinhardt didn't move in any uh, of the miracle signs and wonders. And he didn't, he had a heart for evangelism, but it wasn't anywhere near where, where it was at. And Reinhardt himself in his book draws back on this one experience for what he carries. Of course, he paid a price. Of course, he prayed and fasted. Sure, yeah. But this this impartation, this this time through the laying on of hands, changed the history of the world. And so, sure. so the guy lays hands on him. Reinhard goes, prays for him. Reinhard lands in Germany the next day or whatever. Uh, finds his father. His father picks him up from the airport. I'm totally butchering this, but I'm getting the central the central theme is there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's telling his father. Dad, I met the famous evangelist, blah, blah, blah. And his father goes, what? Like in the newspaper today, he, he had passed away. Wow. And come to find out, Reinhardt was the last person to ever Incredible. receive prayer from this man. And, and I just look at these moments, right? There's, there's something that gets passed on to the laying on of hands. And there's these times in people's lives where they receive something that they did not pay a price for. And I think at the core, I know I, I know I, been talking a lot, but the core is impartation is, is that grace, that grace that comes through his presence that, 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 and the receiving of gifts, uh, and receiving of a calling. And I've watched it happen so many times. I got, I got 200 stories. I can just sit here and go on and on and on of those moments in time where people walked into church one way, the Holy spirit fell on them through the laying on of hands and they left completely different, not just touched, not just blessed, not just filled, but the trajectory of the right life changed and they began to move in something that they had not paid a price for. Man, praise God. I love those testimonies and those stories. And like, I feel like for me, like even just reading the scriptures, Timothy with the apostle Paul, apostle Paul was his spiritual father. He looked up to him. He honored him. He served him. He respected him. He believed in the gift of God that was on Paul's life and he wanted to receive and he postured his heart with humility and faith to receive from the apostle Paul. And I feel like there's also this, um, even with Reinhard Bonnke, he, 
he came in, he honored that man of God for his years of service and for the anointing on his life. And he postured his heart in a place of faith and honor. And he was able to receive that gift and he used that gift. He activated it. He put it, yeah. to, he put it to use. And like, just, just in my life personally, I served this beautiful woman of God, Sharon Hobbs, and she took me to the mission field for the first time. And she brought me to Thailand, Laos, Malaysia, Indonesia, two summers in a row. She's the first one to rebuke me. She was the first one to encourage me in my, in my gifts. And she would tell me, Hey, if the pastor gives you five minutes, you take five minutes. You don't, you know, she was not about ego. She was not about pride. She wanted you to be humble. And she taught me how to fear the Lord and to, and to walk with him and, and she's laid hands on me and prophesied over me multiple times. And I know that I've received uh, a prophetic anointing from her. Um, it increased exponentially as I served her and honored her, as well as just that 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 spirit of intercession. Like it just went to another level because she was an intercessor and that it took my prayer life to a whole nother level. She taught me how to pray and she she released that gift into my life to really see fruit you know through intercession and then my pastor Demola, who actually um went to be with the lord not that long ago he laid hands on me and at times i didn't know what was happening you know but i postured my heart to say hey i i honor this man i don't know what i'm receiving but i'm receiving something and i remember you know revelation would come flooding to me one, one specific situation where he laid hands on me and then after that it was just constant revelation more more boldness in my preaching more more authority to release you know healing and do you know and into into operating the gifts and the lord reminded me remember that time six months ago and when your pastor laid hands on you there was impartation that took place there was activation of gifts that you already have resident on the inside of you that that took place in that divine moment where your pastor called you out and laid hands on you and so for me like i found like a key ingredient of like wow when somebody honors someone serve someone or it could just be in a moment where you've never even met the person before but your heart is in such a way of like i i i honor this man or woman of god uh, i want to receive from them you know and and you know and your heart's open in that way i feel like you're just setting yourself up to receive something incredible from heaven and even just Dude, that's such a good word yeah yeah, man, I just, I don't know, I just, I look back and I'm like, wow, you know, even just biblically, it's with apostles and their spiritual sons and, 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 and things like that. And so I'm thinking, and then you even just shared a minute ago about, um, what was his name? Bradbury, right? Was that his name? Yeah, Bob Bradbury. Yeah, Bob Bradbury. You're talking about receiving that gift to impart into children. And this is something I want, I want to close on and I want to talk about this a little bit because I feel like the Lord is highlighting this more than ever right now in the body of Christ. And when I was eight, nine, 10 years old, my parents would drag me to mass on a Wednesday night where there was a priest that was spirit filled and laying hands on people. There was healings, miracles, tongues, interpretation. And I grew, I grew up around that and it impacted my life. And I gave my life to Christ at a young age. And yes, I went through rebellious teen years and I turned from the Lord and I wrestled with the Lord. But then I, I came back to him at 19 or 20 and I knew that I could come back to him. And I look back and my teen years, and I see how the Lord, now I see how the Lord was still pursuing me and protecting me. And I believe a lot of it had to do with what I was exposed to when I was young and the fact that I gave my heart to him at a young age and encountered him at a young age. That when I when I got into trouble in my life, that was the that was my first response to turn to him. And just tell me a little bit about what you're experiencing in that gift, because I love that God's pouring out and just really, you know, impacting children now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, first of all, I think, it's important that our kids don't just hear about God, but encounter him as well. Um, they, Jesus drew children to him uh, and he warned people not to be harsh against them. Don't, don't deny the children. Kids, they have, when we get older, it's like we get 
disillusion. We get all of these theories about who God is, what he is, and we, and we base it off other people's experience for the most part. But there's nothing more pure than a little one, than a little child, the purest of hearts in pursuit of God and God impacting them in such a powerful way. Um, I just flew in from Singapore. Uh, we had 650 kids from, I think, 45 different churches, all different denominations. Yeah. And it's amazing. Seven to 12 years old, right? Most people think that a seven-year-old can't sit still. Uh, we had them for three days from eight in the morning till four o'clock at night. And of course, fun and games, but, but hours of impacting teaching and moments where they got to give their self to Jesus, where they got to cry out for the Holy Spirit to touch them, where they got to cry out for more of God. And it's, and it's amazing when you see 650 kids in unison from, from seven up, right? Just crying out, you get to realize that, that they understand a piece of Jesus and a yeah. piece of, 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 of the Holy Spirit that, that most adults uh, question, but they receive so easily. Um, and, and those moments, those, those moments of impact you mentioned, I had one when I was nine. I think I wrote about it in my book. My first experience with the Holy Spirit was when I was nine years old. That marked me, even though I ran away from yeah, it. Absolutely. When he came and, and touched me again, it, and oh man, you wanna, but this is so crazy. Like I received an encounter from Jesus at nine years old in this Assemblies of God church. Fast forward seven years, right? I'm rebellious. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gone. That church was 45 minutes away from my house. That's the town that I was driving in. I got touched in the same church. Like when I was awesome. nine, I got touched. And then yeah. fast forward seven years, I got touched back again in that same church. Different pastor, Amazing. different people. And it was like, it was like God knew it was, just, it was like, God says, I'm bringing you back to where, where you, where you fell out of. And, and I, I just, I know that God is in the business of touching hearts and he'll take it at any age that he can. But, but right now, Michael, there is a generation that is facing things that, that, that you and I faced when we were probably in our teens, these kids are facing them at eight, nine and 10 years old. And so as, as, you know, as, as wicked, wickedness has expanded and has gone after a younger generation, the church needs to be proactive and going after that, that youngest generation. When I, when I got saved, it was like, oh, if God can just touch college campuses or if God can just touch, you know, 18 year olds. And, and now my cry, Michael is like, God, would you touch him at seven? Would you touch him at four? Would you, would you, would you? you know, pour out your Holy spirit in a way that becomes so undeniable at at a young age that, that when they're old, they will not depart from it. And I find that when you go after that, and when you go after the real, you go after the Holy spirit with, with uh, the littlest ones that they jump right on and they, they take so much ground in such a quick time. Just, can I just share one quick testimony from this last conference? I, it it blew my mind. This is actually a, a one year testimony. So, Last year I was in Singapore and I, same, same age group, seven to 12 and the altar, you know, rushed, you know, half the kids, 300 kids up at the altar and they're weeping. And, and I went over to this one girl and her hair was dropped down over her eyes. And I, I went over to her and I said, you know, what's going on? I could tell she was crying, but it wasn't, it wasn't uh, the good kind of crying. You know, she yeah. was distraught. She was in pain. And I said, what's going on? She, she, 
she just screams at me. I hate them. She was nine years old. She goes, I hate them. I hate them. Oh, I'm sorry. She was 10. I hate them. I hate them. I said, who, who do you hate? She goes, my mom, my dad, my family. I hate them. And she goes, I, I don't want to live. I tried to kill myself. And come to find out, she tried to take her life a few months prior. She goes, and I tried to kill my family. I hate them. They were driving over a bridge. And this little girl, in a fit of rage and anger and oppression, jumped over the seat, grabbed the steering wheel, and tried to take her whole family off of the bridge. Wow. And, and she was like the most bitter, the most angry. And, uh, and I'm there, and, and, and I'm holding this little girl in my arms. Uh, we actually, uh, myself and one of the pastoral staff, we took her into the back room because she was manifest. She was basically she was just manifesting mm-hmm. uh, demons. And, and I said, sweetie, you know, you need to forgive. You need to forgive your mom and dad. And then out of her heart, she's like, I can't. I can't do it. They, they're so mean. They're so angry. They call me names. And, and they did. Like, they, they, all of it was true. They call I can't do it. I can't do it. I said, yes, you can. You got this. Like, you can do this. And she just said, no. And so we prayed. Uh, five minutes later, are you ready? No. But about 20 minutes of prayer and just crying out over her in worship, she goes, okay, I'm ready now. And I watched this little girl. She's suicidal at nine years old. Tried to kill her family at nine years old. And I watched her forgive her mom, forgive her dad, forgive her brothers and sisters. I watched freedom come over her. She was closed off, had no friends. Beautiful. She left that, that back room totally different. She started running around prophesying oh, wow. over the next two days. She was wow. just encountering Jesus. And I went back this year and, uh, her name is Deborah. And I, and I found her, she was there at the sitting at the front of the front of the front of the conference this time, just full of light, full of love, full of Jesus, families getting restored. And like for most people, most adults won't don't face forgiveness like that. You know what I'm saying? Like most, most of the church is scared to, to tackle those major, major anger, hatred, bitterness. But you, you get a kid in 20 minutes. I saw one of the most craziest deliverances take place. And I watched this girl get set free. She faced the biggest giant in her life. And kids are able to do that. You know, with, with most adults, they go to counseling, they go inner healing, outer healing, upper healing. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. it becomes this whole yeah. thing. But with the Lord, it was a little one, their hearts are so soft and they just get it. And, uh, and I, I, if I live the rest of my life, just going after kids and, and watching the Holy spirit fall on, I, I, I'll be so happy with that. Uh, but yeah, I love it. He's doing it. It's just and, fruit uh, that remains. It's just fruit that remains. I love seeing, you know, the fact that you last year saw that take place. And then a year later you come back and you see, just history over a year this girl's been you know first of all she encountered the lord but then she began seeking the lord and he began working on her and now a year later she's full of light she's full of life completely night and day difference and that's you know that i I love when my guests come on and i love surrounding myself with people that just have god's stories because that means you're 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 living it you're living it and that's what this show is all about awaken podcast people that are awakened to the truth and go out and do incredible things you know by his grace and in his power for his name you, like you have you have stories and your life is filled with incredible stories of seeing the hand of god 
touch people's lives, seeing the kingdom released. And I, I absolutely love that. And I just, even just talking about children in general, I just find it interesting, you know, you're, you're serving with Iris Global and that's your, that's your ministry, that's your family. And you've got family and ministries all over the world that you, that you love and partner with. But even the Bakers, Roland Baker, that, 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 that book, what it's called Visions Beyond the Veil. Is what it's yeah. is what it's called. Incredible book. I, I recommend is, is H A Baker. Is that the name? Yep, that's Roland's a, grandfather. Roland's grandfather. I would recommend reading um, Visions Beyond the Veil. It's in it's in Roland's lineage. It's it's his inheritance. It's impartation that came to him. He married Heidi. Irish Global is heavily focused on saving children, impacting children, yeah. preaching the gospel to children, seeing kids fall in love with Jesus and and live for Jesus. And and the Lord did that to you and in you separately. It looks like with another ministry and name, but He brought you together into this ministry that has the same heart, the same inheritance same impartation you know over over years and and legacy you know in, in in the generations in that and so i just love seeing god's hand on that and how how um i just love how god moves uniquely and brings us exactly where we need to be so that we could work together to make a difference in the kingdom and will man i really i love your story i love your heart even just traveling and seeing you preach several times how the lord even suicide like you shared that story he's been breaking suicide over people it's something that is on your heart i know because a lot of times the lord will give yeah. you words of knowledge in meetings where people are struggling with suicidal thoughts and sometimes you know we don't we don't think people are struggling but when you bring it up 15 20 30 100 people come up that are struggling with oh, depression yeah suicidal thoughts yeah. and the lord is breaking that off this generation and i just applaud you man and i honor you thank you for just honoring the lord and running with him and you know paying the price and saying yes and and moving forward with god it's it's an honor to know you man i just um i love what the lord's doing in your life oh my god love you man and i i just i really appreciate these times that we get to chat and connect man you 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 carry god so well and with such a with such a fierceness in the most beautiful way you know, you're, you're beautifully driven, wholly driven yeah. by, by God. And, uh, man, I, I, yeah, I love it. Anytime we get to connect and I know, I think this is the second time I've, I've done this with you, but I just yeah. love it, man. I, I, I see the hand of God on your life and just this podcast and everything. It, it all, it all speaks to how you carry him so well. Wow. I really, I really appreciate that, man. I, I think for the, those who are listening that like to travel or that like to go to conferences and meetings, I, I highly recommend you get to one of Will's conferences that he's speaking at. I know the Lord is always moving powerfully and I'm not just saying that, like I've been stirred, I've been challenged, I've received just being in meetings where you were sharing and ministering. How do people connect more with your ministry, Will? Yeah. So, um, you can go to irisglobal.org uh, and check out all of the things that we're doing around the world. There's conferences that I'll be at listed on our Iris Global website. Um, if you want to, the, actually most of what I'm doing right now is just on social media. So uh, Instagram is Will Hart Min. And uh, yeah, you can follow me and my crazy little family as we cruise around the world. And then there's one other, there's one other thing. And I hope you don't mind, Michael, but yeah, uh, I have a podcast as well. It's a video podcast. It's on YouTube. If you go to Iris uh, Global, you can check it out, or Iris Global on YouTube. You can check it out. It's called The Green Room, and uh, it's just a blast. I really enjoy doing that as well. When was that um, released? Is that is, is is this fairly new? Yeah, well, I started it up years ago, and then when I left at Global Awakening, and then when I left to come serve Iris, I left it at Global Awakening. So this is something that I did years ago, but we've just picked it back up again. Um, but yeah, there's a Incredible. few podcasts that are released. I did one with... Uh, Pastor Eric Johnson from Bethel, uh, Jake Hamilton, 
those are uh, those are released right now, but but I know that there'll be more um, whenever people are listening to this. Awesome, one hundred percent. Well, thank you so much, Will. I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. You got back from Asia. You're heading to San Diego. <laughs> you're doing all kinds of stuff. You got a beautiful family, and so um, yeah. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much, dude. Anytime. Love you guys, and to all you listeners that are there, man. I, just share this. You know, share this podcast with people. Not just this one, but everything that Michael's doing. Like, get this word out. Uh, it's such a great message. You you have a way of connecting so easily, and it's so it's so casual, man. I, I, it's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Will. Man, I hope to talk to you soon. Sounds blessings, great. Brother. We'll do it. All right, blessings, brother. Bless Thanks. You. For those who are listening right now, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, leave a review. Subscribe to the podcast on Charisma Podcast Network. Um, go to iTunes, leave a review. Subscribe on Spotify and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. Until next time, bless you guys. <laughs>